0: Welcome to the YPM podcast, your property podcast, with me, Ant Lyons,
1: and me, and Harry Owens.
0: Hello again. Hello. How are you? All right. We're not going to talk about the gym today. Last, last.
1: Well, you just brought it up.
0: <laughs> I know. Okay, I did. But you know, the New Year one. Hopefully, we're over all those New Year's resolutions by now, and we're back to eating and drinking ourselves.
1: Excuse exactly. exactly.
0: Okay. So, uh, on today's podcast, we're catching up with some old friends of YPN um, and people that we haven't uh, did a big feature in the magazine about eighteen months ago on how they scaled their service accommodation business. And today, we're catching up with them to sort of see where they are now and how the business has developed, and actually to go into some of the detail on. What the realities and the kind of, I know they'll like this term, the kind of no bullshit um, around serviced accommodation is, I know that's their mantra. So welcome back and welcome to the podcast, David Fernley and Amanda Walker Fernley from the Clarus Group. So quite an intro. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi,
2: Anne. Um... Welcome Hi.
0: back. Thanks. 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 Thank you for, for catching up again. It's been ages, but at the same time, it it feels like two minutes. I don't know where the time goes
2: it feels like two minutes but it also feels like 20 years
0: i know i think <laughs> i i think it feels like two minutes but i've aged 20 years in that last years. i
2: feel years. like i've aged 20 years i think
3: i think we've had a couple of days or so <clears throat>
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah. well, well, well you know that is your own fault because um david and amanda like me uh live very rurally uh um they live on a are, are on a farm in the middle of nowhere as i i believe and are some of those crazy people that have a whole menagerie of chickens geese goats horses have i missed anything ducks, ducks fish fish yeah,
2: got a... there we go yeah there
0: um... we go that's everything. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so getting time away from 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 that can be difficult, and that's something we'll cover later on. So, as we start, we so we did our last interview about eighteen months ago, and you were operating in a couple of different locations, Um, service accommodation business, so SA rooms uh, for rent, and I guess sort of fairly uniquely, you were sourcing sort of direct from developers, uh, and then taking those units on and running them as profitable uh you know successful sa business so um how have things changed and where is the business now kind of 18 months on i should say business but it's it's actually businesses isn't it
3: yeah it, it is um yeah i think i think at the time we'd, we were operating in bradford and leeds and we'd yes we'd we'd set up uh, an agreement uh kind of a partnership with with a developer and we were enjoying that and we were enjoying not having to uh, worry about lender permissions and freeholder permissions and we'd started to scale. Um, since that, you know, we still work with these guys. They're our main major partner in the business. Um, we've got, currently got 35 of our own units. We moved a little bit after we last spoke, we? we moved into into Manchester. We now operate twenty another 22 units over three locations around that area with the same developer. Um, we've got uh we we we've also got a few a few new businesses since we spoke we've got made in the u k sorry made in the dot u k and that is a cleaning and housekeeping business and that was that was formed um out out of a a frustration of being able to get decent operating staff i e cleaners and housekeepers we kept getting let down and it was it was it was it was really affecting our lives, to be honest. So we, we kind of sacked everybody, sacked the suppliers and started again. And we've taken on, we said, right, we're just going to bring one person in at a time and train them, get them right. And that's what we did. And we got into a position where we were able to start looking at uh, external works because we've were we got all the systems in place. Amanda had worked very hard on on getting some good, robust systems, not only on the administration side, but also on the operations rating side so we're able to, to to look after our business properly and um, all the the nightmares of people letting us down and, and bad bad reviews I mean we still get the odd one uh, but you know all, all those bad reviews and and uh, kind of went away so we were able to start rolling this out and through the developer we were starting to do communal cleans for them. They were asking us to do the builder's sparkle cleans, as they call it. We were doing the end of tenancies. So we said, you know what, we can do this. We can bring some external revenue in. And then we went and worked for different service accommodation operators in Leeds and then in Manchester. And you know, we've got a few very, very good clients now. So we enjoy that. We've got that business. Amanda Setchel Pesse Angels, which is an administration team. We've got, at the moment, five full-time guys out in India we work for is to do all our administration and all um, the, again, external administration for other people. So we've got a working interest there, about 170 units, including some management that we do. Uh, we've also sourced, you know, before we did service accommodation, we sourced source properties. so Claris Property Investments, Sources Units. Um, we don't do that much external sourcing now, but we do more, uh, with our partners, whereby we bring in the properties with our developer, we work with them, we take on the management, and we run everything. So it's like a business in the box for those guys. Uh, it enables us to scale a bit easier as well. And again, it just spreads everything about. So we've got this kind of what, what we call this ecosystem, um, w- which all funds and helps and, and develops the main service accommodation business. So, so yeah, so that's where we're at. That's where we're at at the moment.
1: Okay. Yeah. And how so, many- Sorry. Oh, right how many say... blah 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 you, go, blah, blah. you, go, you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> so what's your total um units that you've got yourselves and how many do you are you also involved with for want of a better phrase
3: Yeah we have got 35 of our own units mm-hmm. we we operate direct and uh we, we, including the housekeeping business and and SA angels we are currently I've not got the exact figure, but we're about 170 throughout the okay. UK. Um, really excited that we're going to be picking up an, another, another couple of developments. I tell a lie, three developments, one in Halifax, one in Stockport, and one in uh, in the Northern Quarter, actually. Oh,
1: very yeah. nice. My yeah, favourite yeah. part of Manchester. Yeah.
3: So there's going to be 15, 15, and 25, we think. 25?
1: So,
2: yeah. yeah,
3: so this is going to be a bit another so big...
1: Plus
2: the
3: 55 units that will mm-hmm. be the same. Yeah, yeah. so. so, so and sorry. What's really, oh, sorry. Continue. Sorry, I was just going to say what, what's really cool for us is is that we don't, because we're in this kind of unique position whereby we do our own operations, but now we work with other operators. We see what those guys are doing now and some of it's really good stuff that we can take away, some of it we wouldn't do, some of it we perhaps don't agree with or we we, we think they could improve, Uh, but it's really good because it gives us that really good overview of of what other people are doing and different practices in the business.
2: Mm. It's best practice. We we can we can talk to them and say, look, this isn't working. Have you thought about this? Well, that's a good idea. So we're actually formulating a a, a best practice amongst um, all the operators
1: that we have anything to that we have any business with. Mm-hmm. So how do you? You're spread out all over the UK. How do you manage that from your little farm up in Yorkshire? Is it? Yeah. yeah have to travel miles and miles everywhere we do travel miles and miles everywhere when we're oh, okay.
2: doing it but the good thing is is once we get down onto the M62 it's very quick because we've got units in Leeds which is on the M62 Bradford on the M62 Halifax is on the M62 or well, not far away it's all it's all on the M62 corridor mm-hmm. uh, right right into manchester um, we what we do is we don't we don't personally manage it we used to we used to be on the M62 all the time um our car used to know where to go we didn't have to <laughs> drive at all. but what we've done is we've, we've just got to the point where we've had to rely more on really good staff so it's recognizing really good staff that are willing to take on the extra responsibility who relish the challenge so we've got an excellent housekeeper in leeds so we have gone sort of two or three months we've not gone to leeds at all we've it's all been handled by the housekeeper over there Uh, We've got an excellent housekeeper over in Manchester and we've got a number two over there, which we're going to spend some time with and promote and um, get them trained up. We're also spending time with our housekeepers to teach them some supervisory skills for when they're dealing with the cleaners that slot underneath them. Um, We're going to be taking on a a development in Stockport, which is a little bit further out because it's not exactly on the M62 corridor, but we had a housekeeper in Bradford um how long ago was that about 18 months ago wasn't it yeah that was about 18
3: months ago. yeah so
2: she's come back to us and said I've moved from Bradford to Knutsford so she's not very far from Stockport have you got a job (laughs) yeah (laughs) we have we've got a development coming so um we we I don't know I I think it's good that our staff come back to us if they need if they need to stop working for any reason if they come back to us we must be doing something right and we can give them that responsibility
0: I, I want to go sort of top level for a-, a minute, really, because I know I use this sort of term, the no-, no bullshit, and I know that that's you know very much your mantra, really, isn't it? That you know there's a lot, a lot of nonsense talk- talked about every property strategy, really, um, yeah. and at our job at YPN, and, and, you know, this is why I think we align so well with you guys, is to kind of cut through some of the nonsense and tell it how it really is. So. um it, 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 the one of the things I liked when we did our ri- original interview was that, you know, you were sourcing direct from developers rather than, you know, doing this kind of go out and try and do a rent to rent with an individual owner of a apartment or whatever, where the terms of the lease are going to prohibit short term letting, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The finance isn't in place. The appropriate finance isn't in place. So I love the fact that, you know, you kind of bypass all of those problems, which some people don't speak about very often. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So in addition to that, what, what would you say from, you know, operating the business as you do and you no doubt you've you've benefited from some economies of scale as you've grown. And we're going to talk about those. What would you aim to make per unit in terms of the kind of net profit, either on a monthly or basis or over the course of a year?
2: You have to look at it. You have to look at it as over the course of a year. Yeah. Um, you have to work out what that unit is going to cost you. everything the the bills the rents everything um all the rates everything and that divided by 365 is your absolute basic rate you cannot go below that you just must not go below that you need to know how much you you need to make plus what kind of return you actually want on your money as well um you need to add that to that rate and say right that's that's the one that I really don't want to go under. But if I have to go to that one, I will do just to keep some occupancy there. You you're not you're going to lose money through the winter. You have to be realistic. When when you get these when you get these screenshots or you get these ads or you get these course titles where make a thousand pounds per unit per month. I think that was in the old days. There's a lot more people doing this now, and I think it's a lot more realistic to say that you are really you're looking at four to five hundred pounds per month. Net profit. That's a lot more realistic. You will get some lovely big bookings. You you will get an Arab family that will come and pay two thousand pounds to come and stay for ten days in your apartment in August. You're not going to get that in January and February. You've got to look at it as a. You you can't look at it as a monthly return. You've got to look at it as as an annual return.
3: And
0: and because of that, you know, because you know, if you're making four hundred or five hundred pounds a month, it would be, you know, you need a number of these to. Let let's be honest live reasonably yeah. well don't you um so Ooh. do you think there's any point people going out and starting this thinking well i'll get one unit or i get two or something like that or do we do we should we you know by our nature be thinking a little bit bigger
2: definitely that's what we that's what we've been saying We've we've obviously done a lot of discussion between ourselves we've looked at what people are offering we've looked at people that are saying that they're just going to get one unit and see how it goes um and it it just doesn't work like that this is not a property strategy and this is something that we keep banging on about all the time you can get a buy to let and see how it goes that you can do that you can't get a service department unit and see how it goes because you don't have economies of scale the buy to let like you would do with a service department
1: Mm -hmm. it's almost with a service department, you get out what you put into it as well the more service that you get You give the the higher quality of facilities you provide the sort of more you get out of it in terms of return am i right
2: um no not really because okay you could you you would you would like to think so wouldn't you i mean if you Mm. if if you're getting a buy to let and you've got a really nice kitchen in it granite worktop you've got a lovely bathroom and you've got it's in a great location and it's really nice you know you're going to get top market rent so what you put in, you will definitely get out. You can have a really, really nice apartment, but if you've got an apartment next door or down the road and it's cheaper than yours, people people are, are buying with their purse first. Mm, they're not yeah. living there. The complete, sorry, it's not, it's completely different. They're not going to live there. They're just staying there for the weekend. It's all about the price. So you do see an awful lot of people who get one or two units just to see how it goes. And they put in everything, they put in these fancy espresso coffee machines, they put in um, sky packages, they put in, um, they put in all, all sorts of great stuff. And you think, well, that's brilliant, but you're not, necess- you're not necessarily going to get more money per night than somewhere down the road, because people, people, people buy with their purse first and their heart sec- is a secondary thing. People spend too much time and too much money making these these lovely, perfect apartments. Somebody's only staying in it for a weekend or they're only staying in it for a week. You don't get your money back in the same way. And it's absolutely, definitely, absolutely not scalable at all.
1: OK, one of my questions that I had written down here was um, when is it uh, appropriate to scale the business and to start systemizing? And are you saying that you should just you should start the business with that in mind? You should start the business with the end in mind. Mm hmm any okay. business
2: go i mean you know just just, just to say well I'll, I'll do one and see how it goes doing one doesn't give you it is not a reflection of how the business actually operates and how it works it's, it's it, it just isn't it, so it's not a property strategy this is a business this is a hotelier business a hospitality business if you're if you, if you want to do this and you, and you really want to do it, this is what I really, really want to do. I've always wanted to run a B&B, but I can't do a b and I could do this rent to rent method instead. And it's absolutely what you want to do. And you haven't got a full time job that you need to spend a lot of time on. This is not something that you do with an evening. Um, it's not a hobby, it, it's a proper, proper business. So if you're going to do it, and this is what we say in, in, our, in our talks, do it properly right from the get go have the end in mind how many units are you going to have are those units going to work is this is the rent to rent strategy actually going to work for you what what have you got what what are you gonna ha- are you gonna have a hundred rent to rent units because if you are it's not going to work are you going to do rent to rent because you just want to learn the business of um, hospitality but is your end in mind that you're actually going to go out and buy some um, uh, small guest houses and convert them and make that actually your your target so in answer to when do you start scaling and systemizing you 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 should you should systemize right from the beginning if you've Mm -hmm. got one unit you should start systemizing now because that's the easiest time to systemize in terms of what time you've got we got to the point where we had so many units and it was running away with us and we were struggling to find time to systemize and i wish it was something that i'd have done sooner
1: but sooner i didn't know what i needed to systemize Mm -hmm. so we all we all hear the phrase systemize for you what does that mean (laughs) it can mean anything you want it to mean can't it it could it Sometimes it's just a word that people throw in into their Yeah, it's, such a, br- it's just easy. such a broad word that there's not actually yeah. one single definition. So the,
0: the other thing, sometimes people say systemize and I look around the room and everyone's like nodding sagely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely systemized. no idea what it means, yeah. really. So.
2: Yeah. Automate, systemize, that's what we need to do. Yeah. systemized can be anything from having making sure that all of your cleaners have got exactly the same products in their cleaning bag. That's the system. Right down to um, how do you actually ensure that your cleaners know what jobs are, are, are what cleaning jobs are out there to do. That's another system. When those jobs are done, how do your how do your team in India know which apartments are ready to go and which ones are still waiting to be cleaned? Uh-huh. It's all part of the system. So you there's lots of apps that you can use. Um, there's lots of um, automation that's provided by channel managers by the Um, the OTAs the online travel agents and it's a case of finding your own system that utilizes everything that's out there to help you but it is tailored for your business whatever works Mm. for you Um, because as much as you might want to be a control freak you, you can't you've got to start letting go of everything and if you can automate as much as possible systemize as much as possible then it is easier for everybody to follow a system so a system can be a series but, of apps so it be a set of
0: procedures I, I was gonna i was gonna say it might be interesting actually from almost talking it through from the guest perspective to say you know this is this i guess books and you know these are the systems yeah. that they kind of go through and how that operates yeah, with what you. sort
1: of kicks into place as soon mm. as they press
0: book so i'm, I, I'm guessing um, you know a lot of them yeah. come through booking.com or
2: yeah you can't yeah i mean the magic holy grail of the direct bookings where they pay top prices stay forever and uh, you don't need commission you mean a that's
1: not fun. how it works <laughs> <laughs> You can't even
3: take that question seriously. Well, we have got, you know what, you do, you, do, you know, you, you can, you can get them through. I mean, we've, we've had a, we've got a relationship with, with we really enjoy a relationship with a, with an international company, they're the a Japanese company, they've got um, a UK base, we've enjoyed a relationship with them now since approximately, I think about November 2017, um, they're going to work with us all this year again, and they bring people over for chunks of time, and we put them up. And you know that that's a direct book here. We don't pay commissions uh, we we don't get you know we enjoy the relationship with them they pay in advance but it's just a good relationship. You can get them, but that's you, one out of thirty five
2: yeah i'm not, I'm not saying you can't get them. they are there, but it's not it's not as easy as as all that you know when when people say, "Oh, get some leaflets printed, go into hotel car parks, um stick stick leaflets in all the wipers. Who wants to do that?
0: No, I mean we got to be realistic. You know, I was I was doing an interview a couple of days ago, and they said that you know probably seventy five or eighty percent of their business comes from the majority is booking.com, but you know, a, 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 on online agents. So, uh, assuming that our our guests, your guests, books, yeah, through that. What what kicks in? So once the, once they press the kind of booking bit, what happens from your end? What do they see and what, what do you see and what does the, what's the guest experience?
2: Okay. So what I've done is, I mean, most of our bookings are Booking.com. You, you can't argue with a company that spends hundreds of thousands of pounds per day on marketing. You know, we can't we can't even begin to think that we can do a better job than they can. So Booking.com will currently provide you with. They do templates for you. So you can make lots of templates up, but most of them are manual. They only do one scheduled, um, template. So I have set that up so that an automatic confirmation comes through from booking.com from us, just thanking them for the booking and to make sure that they check their inbox for further information. At the same time, they get the confirmation from booking.com as well from booking.com directly. And then they also get a frequently asked question email that gets triggered from my channel manager on booking so as soon as they press the okay it's ping 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 they get three emails that come through and two of them tell them to if they've got any questions to reply to email um, unfortunately booking.com tells them to phone up which can be very problematic, particularly when it's your phone number that they're phoning. So Booking.com are actively encouraging the guests to phone you with any questions, whereas you're trying to actively encourage them to reply to emails so that you don't have to deal with it when you're having your tea or you're putting the kids to bed. Um, So they, they, they they get this information automatically through, you hope that they read it, and that explains the process to them of what's going to happen next um whether you know when they when to expect their input invoice because we send out an invoice via will pay which is a pay by link which has 3d verification on it so it just explains the process to them it gives them all the addresses it gives them some map links it gives them some photographs of the building itself so that when they get there they can't say they don't know which building it is just give them as much information as possible and then my team in India, they will take that booking and they will put it onto this. This is a problem that we've got with our particular channel manager, and I'm going to move channel managers very soon. So at the moment, the team will log every single booking onto a spreadsheet and then they will use that spreadsheet to monitor where we are on the process of sending out the invoices. Um, the The email that goes out automatically has a link on it. It's an evergreen link that goes through to Signable, and the guest is encouraged, asked to click on that link and then complete the booking in form and send the ID through to us. So my team are waiting for that to come through. If that doesn't come through within sort of 12 hours, then we'll send out a manual template to them saying that we need to receive it within 48 hours of the booking, or the booking may be cancelled. So there's a whole process that kicks in as soon as that booking's made. Some of it automated, some of it manual.
0: Okay, and um, who else gets notified at this stage? So obviously the, the, the guest is is being spoken to. You're getting a notification. Uh, do you, does that also notify the the housekeeping team, or is that part of you know your job or the sort of management yeah. job to make sure everyone knows? the um you, you know the when it needs to be clean so yeah. forth
1: yeah
2: no we don't we don't because because a huge amount of bookings get cancelled and you do not want to be winding up your housekeepers with email i mean it's bad enough for us your email's pinging through and then you get the cancellation come through ping ping i think people get bored of an evening late at night and they start booking everywhere on booking.com and then cancelling it so what happens is we use turnover bnb turnover bnb is a free app that's available it's not it's not 100% stable but it's pretty good. Every clean goes onto turnover automatically and if the cancellation comes through it's then removed from turnover so the housekeepers only need to look at what's coming in the next week they don't need to know about a booking that was made in next July they don't need to know that so we don't want them bothered with that we only want them to be looking at turnover and selecting which jobs that they will do on turnover and then their their name appears next to that. And we've got somebody that's uh, checked. We've got a PA over in Montenegro and she checks turnover to make sure that all the jobs have been selected. We've got our head housekeepers who will always check um, turnover, but they will also go into all the channel managers as well, our own and our clients, and they will check all of the cleans that need to be done the next day, and then they will set out the rotor and they will tell you know, which, because we've got some employed housekeepers, which jobs they're doing, and they make sure it's done. We use Slack to communicate. Mm. So we have Slack channels between us and India. We have Slack, so we have like a designated channel for the keys. Where are the keys? The keys are missing, the housekeeper say, I've got them in my pocket, I'll drop them off at the key nest soon. We've got designated channels where the bookings automatically come in from Toki because Toki and Slack integrate. So those bookings automatically come in, and then the Indian team will say, process now, so I know that those are being processed. If I see a load of bookings coming in and nothing's happened for half an hour, I can say, who, who's on? Um, and like Raj will say, I'm here, I'm processing them now. And then it'll ping through, processed. So I can keep, it's in a phone, um, it's in my pocket, I can keep an eye on that all the time. Um, we have individual channels for damages. So our housekeepers will take a photograph of any damage. They'll notify my Indian team. This is what's happened. This is the date, this is the apartment the Indian team will they're trained to go and do a guest misconduct report and then those photographs are filed so that when booking.com come through and say we want to see the photographs we've got the photographs to send to them it used to all come through through me and I just decided you know what I don't need to do every single thing myself and that's dealt with now between housekeepers and the the team in India so they communicate directly as well and we just build we build the channels if we feel that we need a channel for a specific thing then we'll build it and and we we will use it and see how it goes we're always monitoring and we're always deciding whether it's something that we actually need or not we also use whatsapp quite a lot as well with the because of the photographs all of our housekeepers will upload photographs onto the WhatsApp groups so that if a guest makes any kind of a complaint, either in our properties or with our clients, we can pull up the photographs and say, right, ask your guest to send photographs and we'll do we'll do some comparisons. And quite often the guests don't send the photographs because actually there's not a problem, they're just looking for a refund. Mm. How do you
0: deal with the kind of out-of-hours issues? So, you know, the hot water's not working, the kettle doesn't work or something like that. You know. Yeah. 10 o'clock okay. at night um, yeah what's the procedure for that?
2: The procedure for that is that every apartment's got a guest handbook in it because as much as you want guests to read emails they don't so that if they're more if they're in the apartment and there's a problem they're more likely to look around for the guest folder. In the guest folder is the emergency number. Um, we also have instructions on there on what to do if there's no hot water, how to use the boost button, um, how to use the consumer unit to check the consumer unit first. They can then phone up the emergency number my team in India have got a like a flowchart um, like a table so if if there's a problem with um, like the kettles not working we actually ask the guest to check the kettle in another plug socket mm-hmm. then we might ask the guest to um, check if anything else is working in the apartment if not can you check outside in the communal area it, you know just and and whatever we get back from the guest depends on how we handle it so if For example, the kettle's not working, we will replace that the next morning. We're not gonna do that 10 o'clock at night. Nobody's gonna drive out to go and do that because there's always an alternative. Even if the toilet doesn't flush, we won't send somebody out at 10 o'clock at night to go and fix it because we tell them that, I mean, it might sound a bit bad, but we always think, well, what would you do if you were at home? You would fill up a large saucepan and you tip it down the toilet. Some people don't even know that that works and we're sure that they don't want to be waiting around for an emergency plumber to come around and maybe get there at midnight and probably not turn up at all but we promise that we'll fix it the next day and that depends on which apartment they're in because some apartments have one toilet some apartments have two so it's not an emergency um if it's if the uh, the electric's gone off in the communal area as well then there's nothing we can actually do apart from we can't move them to another apartment within the building because all the electric's off. But what we have done is we've said we've got two buildings in Manchester that are very close to each other, so we can move them to another apartment. And we've got keys in Keynest in a 24-hour garage. So it's entirely up to the guests. If they want to, they can they can either wait until the morning um, or they can wait until the electric board sort it out. Or they can go out to the key nest, pick up the keys and go and move into another apartment that we know is ready for them. They can move over there. So it's entirely up to them. It's all very much dependent on where it is, what's actually happened. And obviously, one person's emergency is not actually an emergency. Um, we have we have a guest manager that's on site Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 3 p.m. till 10 p.m. So if we have a guest saying I've got I haven't got an iron, I need an iron for the morning, then we can say the, the team in India will say to Jan. 409 want an iron so we'll go into 301 and get the iron out of there and drop it off there and find out why didn't we have an iron in there sometimes when people book three apartments things move between mm-hmm. the apartments and it's not always picked up on by the housekeepers yeah. so sometimes I, was, we do things
0: off. I was really curious as well and one of the things that Harry and I were sort of talking about uh, offline were how you handle giving people access or them actually sort of gaining physical access into the buildings and because we've seen you know where people own I don't know let's say one property what one apartment and there's maybe two or three in the building or whatever and they get around it by physically kind of drilling a key key safe into the wall and putting it on on there and then in, in other instances where people own a building you know they might go down the sort of electronic lock on the front door and yours is a kind of somewhere in between isn't it because you've got you know multiple units in a in a in a a big building so how do you handle the sort of practicalities of people getting in
2: what we did initially was we did meet and greet Um, meet and greet is great helps with the reviews Uh, you can tell people how to use the boost button straight away but it's just not scalable it's very expensive and not only that we had so many occasions where guests would promise that they were just around the corner and three hours later they would turn up yeah. um it it's it, it's just not a viable thing to do not not at all so then we started looking for alternatives putting key boxes next to apartment doors is something that most freeholders and management companies do not want they do not want that it's not it's not desirable if you've got a building and you've got several key boxes drilled on walls outside it you can spot it in my loft you know exactly what it is and um Again, you know, people don't like it. Councils don't like it. Don't draw attention to the fact that, that you're doing something that might actually wind up the neighbors before something even happens to give them good reason. Um, it just wasn't an option for us. We we knew that our developer would say, absolutely not, um, to something like that. We, um, we then looked at coded locks. This is one of those things where people who have got, say, up to five units say, oh yes, 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 get coded lock. Coded locks, they're brilliant, they work. When you've got 35, somehow that 200 pound lock starts to look very, very expensive. Um, Again, it's not something you can necessarily scale. Um, And again, if you've got one of these locks on the door, if you've got tenants in the rest of the corridor, wondering why is that lock different? What is it? Again, you're drawing attention to yourself. There is what we call the Airbnb effect, which is too many people have been reading the Daily Mail and they've been seeing all these horrific parties that have happened on Airbnb properties so they assume that that's what's going to happen and if there's any noise on the floor all the fingers point at the airbnb property um, we've been in a fortunate position where well unfortunate where the blame's been put on us but fortunately our housekeepers have been there to record the noise coming from the apartment next door and we've been able to send that through to the letting agents and say look it isn't actually us it's it's the tenant in this particular apartment so then we then somebody mentioned somewhere about Keynest and I thought, ah now that sounds much, much better. So we started using Keynest over in Leeds. We had a keynest across the road and that worked Really, in theory, Keynes is absolutely perfect. The reality is is that guests don't read anything, they don't want to understand anything, and they assume that there's a reception there. So they don't read. They book it on Booking.com. They turn up at the property and they don't understand why they can't get in, and there's no reception, and there's nobody there to do everything for them. You then they call you and you say, "Well, have you not read your emails?" And you know they haven't. Why should they? So you but, but
3: but
0: also read. emails. Quite an inefficient method of communication, I was thinking because we all get so many emails
2: yeah, um, that's the problem yeah, that i mean g d p r will hopefully clear
1: a lot of this up I'm
0: not sure yeah. it has. <laughs> it's not
1: the moment is it because no. my inbox is absolutely full it worked, so what, yeah, i think awesome. it worked for about a month or so and then my emails they started coming back and i don't know how or why because yeah. i pressed
0: unsubscribe well, well the other thing that's kind of very real real as well is that actually i don't know about you guys i've sat with my iphone here and if you try and search for his, an email that you've received previously on on an iphone it's yeah. really terrible at finding it. They're great for Oh, else.
1: yeah, they do it in, like, a really bad order. So you've well, got one from, like, 2016 where you think, I've it, it last week. Yeah, yeah.
0: so, you know, it, I can see why that happens. So, you know, we've, we've it, these are some great examples of the things that just don't work and the reasons for but
1: on yeah. iPhone, there is a miraculous setting called flagging. So when you do get an important email, just put the little flag, flag, flag next it. to it. Yeah. That's what I do. Then you scroll and then you can find the flagged ones.
0: Top tips. Yep. Harry's top tips, another podcast yep. coming
2: yep. soon. Yep. So. Like <laughs> <laughs> it and then you'll find it. Yeah. Well, we, we realised that, I mean, after, you know, you, you bang your head against a brick wall, and you say you start saying to guests, Look, did you not read your email? Why not? Will I get so many? Not only that, once you're in Booking.com's marketing funnel, you get loads of stuff from Booking.com all the time, so they just don't read it, they stop reading. So. What we've done is we've, the team in India, we now use WhatsApp. A lot of people are on WhatsApp. We just WhatsApp everybody with everything. Um, you can chase somebody for something, like please sign your contract. You can get, you can chase them by email for weeks and weeks and weeks. WhatsApp them and you'll get it back within five minutes. It's, it's you know, it's,
0: it, it, it's it's the immediacy of the communication, isn't it? I, I booked a hotel yesterday and, um, And as I got to the final bit of booking, it said, would you like to pay another £1.50 to get this email through to you now? I was thinking, probably something something you should do for free, but yes, because otherwise i forget it. And then it said, for another pound, we'll text you as well. And I was like, oh, whatever, okay. So all of a sudden, they've made an additional £2.50 out of me. And and as I'm doing it, I think, that's pretty clever, actually, because they know how inefficient we all are at communication.
2: I'm going to look at that do
1: you want us to whatsapp you
0: it'll be an extra five pounds <laughs> yeah would well, you know what like we, we were doing i wouldn't another...
1: pay for that not gonna lie i wouldn't pay for that i'm too <laughs> mean with my money you know what it's a quid you know
0: what? it's a quid and it'll help me remember and i know what will happen otherwise is i'll get there and i'll be trying to find out my phone and it won't work so um yeah i think the, nowadays if i want to talk to anybody if anybody wants to get hold of me they do it through facebook messenger or whatsapp or a text don't bother emailing me because it'll end up with
1: I can I can vouch for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I booked with Booking.com myself recently, and they will WhatsApp you for nothing. They don't even charge for it; they'll just WhatsApp it all to you. So I think they've
1: got your number, and there's something that I don't I don't feel comfortable with. I
0: don't care about that. I don't
1: care about that. that. No. Yeah, I'm not
2: bothered about that. That's okay. But so we. Yeah, we we WhatsApp now. We we WhatsApp the guests now. We get much better response. Yeah. We WhatsApp them with um, like a bit of a welcome. Um, we let them know that we are WhatsAppable as well, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. We send them the relevant links through WhatsApp, uh, and we do get a much much better response. And not only that, with WhatsApp, um, I mean we found, for example, like the Arabs, they love WhatsApp. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. They use it a lot, and you can easily um, um, translate. send it through in their own language as well you can easily do that um the only thing is the chinese can't use whatsapp
0: okay right that's interesting Um, so amanda i wanted to ask very quickly if that's okay so because david's been so quiet for a while i was going to say this whole kind of looking at the business and 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 looking at the layers of the communication and the fact that everything has to fit together a cliche i know but as a jigsaw everything needs to work yeah. is that your kind of bang is that what you love to do or is it necessity is the mother of invention and you just had to learn this stuff
2: i um i i realized that i'm actually really good at this it's it's one of my things i like i like to look at something and figure out is it working why isn't it working what bit isn't working what can be done to make that better and then fine-tune it all so what i've always done and i realize it's gone through it this has been me all the way through my entire life Once I figure something out, figure out how it works, fine tune it, streamline it and get it working, I'm bored and I want the next thing. Uh So this is what happened. I fine tune all of my systems regarding stopping stolen cards. I I sorted out all of my templates. I had it all working tickety-boo. I thought, right, okay, I'm a bit bored now. I need somebody else to actually run it for me. Um, so that's when I handed over to the team in India and I have conversations with them fairly regularly, or I watch what they're doing. And if I see that something's not quite working properly, I'll then go in and I'll try and fix that. And I'll try and sort that little bit out as well and fix that. Mm -hmm. Um, we had, um, David was doing sort of the operation side of things and we had a massive problem. Oh God, we had a massive problem with linen. You just won't believe the amount of linen that we deal with on a weekly basis now.
0: And, and so how do you do that? You you outsource to a specialist company who delivers the linen, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, but, God, But yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, for yeah. a very short amount of time in a sort of previous life, I I ran a chalet. And so we used to deal with, like, the laundry boys and they'd turn up and, you know, this, it wasn't huge. We had six or seven rooms, I think it was, or whatever. Yeah. I was like, a, a young thing living out in the French Alps. And um, invariably, <laughs> the laundry was always wrong. Always wrong. So there was, you know, always, like, one or two things it would, you know, and it's so great.
2: devastating when it's wrong you, you so can right. be missing one pillowcase and the whole yeah. thing's ruined yeah and it, we, what
0: it used to do is it used to stop me going skiing that day so I used to be absolutely savage <laughs> so I had to yeah. wait in for them to come back and deliver it yeah. so yeah not yeah
2: yeah we we i mean we we did probably what most people do we bought it from asda living then we realized that we couldn't possibly wash this stuff ourselves so we took it to a laundrette the laundrette said look this is domestic grade um, you've got poppers, you've got buttons, I can only clean it, I can only wash it to a certain level and that is not taking out the fake tan, it's not taking out the mascara, it's never going to be really really clean. Then we went to, so right we need to start looking at hiring um, but it seems really expensive at first but again it's the whole scaling. So if, if you're going, if you're going to, if you know you definitely want to do this, just hire it from the beginning but find a local independent Um, linen supplier near you. Don't go for one of the big names like Storebridge because they're a fortune. Um, Then what we used to do is we used to collect all the dirty linen and um, either David or me or sometimes we'd rope the kids in or the housekeepers. We'd actually stand there and count. Count the pillowcases, count the sheets, count the doubles, count the singles, count... What colour's king again? Oh, that's yellow. What colour's green? What what's green? Oh, that's super king. We did that for quite a while. In the end, um, David said, "I'm not doing this anymore. I'm fed up with it." He,
0: he um, looks fed up just thinking about it now. You know but,
1: yeah. what? I was when you said about bringing the kids in. My parents used to run a holiday let, and that was my job to count everything. I hated yeah.
2: it. It's horrible, isn't it? It is. It is.
3: Yeah. We got to the point whereby uh, we well, we used to do it in. in in chunks because it was that much but I would say if, if one person went in to do the counts they would it would be something like an eight-hour shift it was horrible um, it's just just a, a sea of white, um, mm-hmm. and it's just horrible horrible to, to deal with and um, the volume is, is just crazy so yeah we got to the point we couldn't continue to, to do it physically anymore It was also concerning
2: me as well because I I do all the health and safety stuff and the the risk assessments. And I was sat there once. I was sat on a load of dirty linen. I was surrounded by dirty linen and David was just throwing dirty linen around. It was like, you know, I was getting pillowcases on my head and it just occurred to me, oh my God, what is on this? You hope it's white linen, don't you? What is on it? What are we handling? So we're handling it, taking it off the bed. We're handling it, um, when we pull it all out to count it, we're ca- handling it when we put it in piles, you handle it when you count it, and then you handle it when you put it in the cages. That's an awful lot of exposure to potentially some pretty horrible stuff, mm. you know? And you're like, yeah. So I thought, right, we, I, I, I need to, and, and again, it's one of these things where you're forced into thinking of a way around it. So I started asking other people what they did. Um, their systems didn't quite suit what we were doing. So I thought right the only time you actually know exactly what you've got is when it's in the apartment on the bed ready so this is where I started getting google forms and google sheets together so I've now got um, a google form which is a checklist that goes out and each housekeeper ticks which unit they've done um, and whether the sofa bed was used or not that feeds through to the google sheet I've then got another google sheet which has got every single unit on it um, so for example um, four, 406 and 407 are both two beds two double beds one bath so i know that there's going to be two double phase, two double sheets four pillowcases um one bath mat one ha- one hand towel and one tea towel but 408 has got two bathrooms so it's going to be two bath mats in there So they tell me whether they've done 406, 407 or 408. This all feeds into this spreadsheet that I've designed on on this Google sheet. And the the sheet actually counts it up. So based on which apartments were done, the sheet knows how many of each item has been used. I've got Anna over in Montenegro. She does the linen sheet for me. It's all counted up and it all feeds through to a grand total at the bottom. So I've got subtotals, I've got grand totals. And then she just copies and pastes the grand totals. She sends it through to Christine, our head housekeeper over in Manchester. Christine will say, no, we've got loads and loads of towels. Don't need them. No, we need some more pillowcases. We adjust it manually. And that gets emailed out to the Laundrette. So that means that the dirty linen is only handled once. It's t- mm-hmm. stripped off the bed. It's all shoved into pillowcases. It's thrown in the cage. We don't pull it out again. We don't look at it again. It's counted. It's
0: counted dramatically no. now. Can I ask a little bit about employing staff then? Because anybody who runs a business, everybody who runs a business, yeah. would probably agree that actually managing people is without a doubt the kind of hardest element of it. Is That that people element comes in. So how have you, and we were talking offline earlier on, that you know, you've got people who've you know worked for you and then you know life's changed a bit and they kind of moved away or whatever and then come back and they've always come back to you so you obviously create you know a a really good in working environment from what is let's be honest it's a less than glamorous job sometimes isn't it well all the time probably so
1: how
0: how have you kind of created an environment where people want to work work for you doing this job and you know what's different you know, working for you guys than working for anyone else. Do you think?
2: I think I think for us, the main thing is that they they know that we would never ask them to do something we're not prepared to do ourselves. They've seen us cleaning toilets and making beds and doing everything, so they they there isn't a them and us culture between us and our housekeepers. Mm. We and also because we um, because we have the system in place where we say to all of our housekeepers take photographs of everything we do, there's a a checklist that they've got to follow and the checklist will tell them what I want a photograph of. They will take photographs of everything that I've asked them to and I've said to them you take those photographs and that's clean and that's done, if there's ever a guest complaint I will back you up unless the guest can send me a photograph which says different I'll always back you up. So there's more of a team culture I think with us.
3: Yeah I think it's very important that because we do a lot of external work as well now some, some of the operators we have worked with in, in, in the past um, they, they will get, a, they, will get a, a typical, they may get a, a complaint from a guest and they don't want to receive that complaint so it's natu- it can be natural for the operator to contact us and, and be a little bit fed up with us before we've even before it's even proven it is our problem or it's not a guest wanting a refund so it's like quite it can be quite accusational, accusational to start with. Um, so that's why, again, that's why we have the system in place. That's why they have the photographs in place, the checks in place. So we get the, let's say the accusation. So we go and look at the system and our housekeepers, our team know, like Amanda said, we will, if if we've done something wrong, they will hold our hands up and say, guys, we're really sorry. Give us the opportunity to go and re- rectify it now. You know, and, it, and even if that means me and Amanda will jump in the car, we'll go and do it because we do care about our business and about other people's businesses but they know that if if we, if if the system has backed them up then we will always back them up and and i think the guys appreciate that i, I really do and so you know we we've got like man we've got that team we've got that team culture um, they know that we'll do it we've done it we do it again Um, you know if there's a problem you you know they can contact us we don't you know we're not we we're not always jetting here there and everywhere we you know we work seven we also work seven days a week they can contact us they can ask us they can help us they've got contact with us so they've got the support Um, generally I hope to think that if we say something to them we follow it up and we back it up you know if, if somebody's got a problem we try and deal with it Um, I also, you know, we, you know, like um, just just little things, you know, like if it was someone's birthday, we, you know, we we gave them a a thank you present, uh, a monetary thank you present just for, we appreciate what, how difficult the job can be. Uh, I think that helps. But I think what also helps when they come to, when they come for an interview with us, we talk through the job with them. And one of the things we say to them is, when you go into an apartment, go and put the TV on and go put the music channel on. don't, you know, don't, don't, don't be worried about doing anything like that. Number one, it's, you know, why not work some music? Why not check, you know, it's checking the TV's working, um, go and hook up to the internet, put, download your photographs on the internet, it's checking the internet's working. Um, so it's quite a nice, it is hard work, and it isn't glamorous, but you know what, working in, working in let's say a five star, sorry, a four star apartment, probably nicer than working on the building site or working in a factory. It's a nicer environment, you know, and so I think that's, I think, guys, that, that's how we've been able to, to keep staff.
2: We also give give responsibility as well. I think um, as soon as you recognise what somebody's strengths are, so we've got, um, we've got a housekeeper over in Leeds and she's very, very practical. Um, it's one of her strengths. If there's a YouTube video that shows you how to do it. She'll do it. She's fixed all kinds of things for us and saved us from having to get maintenance guy out. Saved us a fortune. Um, so, and she's hung, she's hungry for the work. So she, we kind of like jokingly call her like our maintenance man. She comes, she comes out, she does all the jobs. She loves doing it. She loves having that recognition that she's really good at doing something. We've got a housekeeper in Manchester. who's really anal about being really, really tidy about stuff. So it's her responsibility to keep stock room tidy. And everybody else is told that is Christine's stop room. So you know that it's just recognition and appreciation for what they do, um, what they can do. We do spend time with the the supervisors on how to trade, how to speak to the other cleaners. We, I mean, Christine's now got the bookers card. We used to have to go out and do the bookers shop. We just couldn't, we couldn't keep doing it. Christine does that now. So she's the one that's got our company bookers card in her purse and she goes out and does the booker shop for us. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just that responsibility, some authority, some recognition. People respond to that so, so well. You've got to give that to them. Yeah, you
3: know something I just want to share with you? Um, you know, that the, the commitment to some of these people who work with us, and I and I'd always say work with us and for us, I just do. Um, but We're you know, like Vicky, we talked about in Leeds. She's been out till three, two, three a.m. in the morning, working, working on on project, on 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 housekeeping, on dealing with problems for us. We don't demand that of her, but she she's always said, you know, if you need me, I'm there. And she's <clears> been out. She, you know, she did not end of tenancy. Uh, again, it was an external, um, it was an external project, an external job for our developer, and it was a rush job. And we said, look, Vicky, do you want this these hours? Yeah, I'll take them. She got home at three AM. You know, for 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 let's say a cleaner, a housekeeper. That that that's a great so It's Yeah, have. We
2: we give bonuses um when when they're deserved. Um we've also done things like we've 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 lent we've kind of like advanced wages, haven't we? To help them out in situations with advanced wages and then take and ask them when how long they want to take to pay it back. Um, so that's helped as well. I think, I think it's just doing away with the them and us culture, just being more of a team. Also because we've involved them in what's going on on Slack, so they're now talking directly to the team over in India or Anna over in Montenegro, then um, they can see their position within the team as well. They understand that we're all working for the the, the common goal. I think, so there's less resentment. that We found there's an awful lot of resentment if people don't know what other people are doing. Mm. as you say to somebody well look that other person actually does this 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 and this oh right oh okay then there's always this assumption with people that they're working harder than everybody else yeah yeah so when people can see how hard everybody else is working ah right okay and there's a little bit more um, sort of satisfaction of of, um, of what's been asked of them as well
3: yeah and the housekeepers the regular housekeepers we give them company email addresses and the head housekeepers have now got a relationship with uh, the, the kind of middle tier of the, of the developer we work with, so um, you know, let's say, let's say um, the, the branch manager in Manchester, if she wants a job doing or she's got an operational matter, she'll just contact, let's say, Christine direct, either on the phone or an email. So it's giving it's giving somebody who's perhaps been when they came, you know when Christine came to us she, she you know she'd been a cleaner um, she's now. That she went into housekeeping she's now our head housekeeper with some authority with some authority and some some status and they've really embraced it and, and yeah that's that's what we are trying to do working.
1: so how many members of staff do you have in total now
3: how many what sorry I'm members nervous. of staff we've got this in total through the company with this 15 of us
1: mm-hmm.
3: um we've got we've got six full time sorry not full time we've got six of our own housekeepers, um, we we have been using a, a subcontractor who had up to a kind of five or six working with us. Um, we've we've trimmed a little bit of our work down at the moment because we, we we found it was just getting so busy it was ridiculous. So we've trimmed it down so that we can get everything in place again during this quieter period, so that we can accelerate it again when when these fifty odd apartments come off in February and March. Mm-hmm. So, but but also we've got there's 15 of us in, in 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 the businesses between the administration and the operations. Okay, fab. And, now thought,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and now that you're kind of you know less involved in terms of actually physically being you know less time on on the M62 and being at the properties, um, what are your roles in the businesses now? So, David, do you kind of take a more? Are you working more on the kind of sort of Finding properties and finding investors for the the, the sort of sourcing business, um, and you know, how were your sort of other than feeding um, chickens and goats and sheep and everything? What, what, what how does your day look now, both of you?
3: Well, yeah, I do take responsibility for that, Ants, in the business. But truthfully, uh, for anybody's listening or reading, you know, if you do this developer model, you don't actually spend a great deal of time sourcing. You know, to give you an example, we picked the keys up yesterday on a new unit, and we the day before we went to so we look at another unit, and you know that the time to source those units was was practically jump in the car and have a look at them, and that was it. So we don't do a great deal um, in in that respect. But I do do that. I mean, really, what I'm doing, I I, I work now more with the accountant doing you know and, and the the stuff. The HMRC stuff and the bank and the payments and the cash flow, and um, that 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 more that side of the the business in respect of that, I I am trying to move more into the business development. I've got I you know I I look after we both look after, but I I, I don't know I probably oversee the more the 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 um, relationship with the developer and our our clients our external clients probably. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. Um,
2: David, basically, David does the people, I do the computer bit of it. Okay. He's, he's the personable person. Yeah,
3: I, yeah, 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 I'm the nice person. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, obviously, you can probably tell because it well went very quiet from my end when we're talking about systems. If I didn't have Amanda who, who could develop the business in respect of the systems, we'd probably be bust because I'm rubbish. <laughs> I'm absolutely rubbish. We read a book one, um, the Rocket Fuel. I don't know if you've ever read it. It talked about visionaries and integrators. I'm, i I just couldn't integrate anything. I'm just rubbish. Well, I, I, <laughs> that's one of the, <laughs> secrets. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Sorry, Sorry,
0: the secrets of the success that you know you both kind of know your strengths and have yeah. very very defined roles within the business.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're lucky. Yeah, we, we, we tell each other what our weaknesses are all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What, your own or each other's? (laughs)
0: Each each other's.
1: other's.
2: (laughs) Where
0: would be the fun in doing your own? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. <laughs> we bring each other down to earth
2: all the time. <laughs> and,
0: and I guess as we kind of come towards the end of this podcast and it's been very in depth and I honestly mm. think it's definitely tipped that box of you know the null bullshit, which we've we've used the line a couple of times. So uh, which is so it's it's been an absolute pleasure. So if um people have listened to the podcast and they think, you know what, this i you know, I'd like to learn more, maybe sort of reach out, how is the best way for people to sort of follow you or, or get in contact?
2: Well, we we've got we're on Facebook, um, obviously. I think everybody is. I think if you're not on Facebook, you're dead, aren't you? Pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we're, we're very active in um, some of the social accommodation, uh, sorry, social, we're talking about service accommodation groups. We've got our own service accommodation group, uh, service accommodation with AWF. Um, dash no BS. Dash no BS.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we, we've started to do, because we, we decided that we couldn't, I couldn't stay behind the computer screen for much longer. Uh, we had to start getting out and about. And so beginning of last year, we started to go out to events ourselves. And then we started to be invited to talk at other people's events. Again, I think just I think the no bullshit brand that we've got has, has definitely appealed to an awful lot of people. I think it resonates with a lot of people. And, you know, we, we I always tell the truth. Sometimes people don't want to hear it, but I'm always very, very blunt about it. I don't see any point in being anything but. Um, we've started to do our own talks now as well. So we've, we've got an event at the end of January. Um, we will be doing some events during the course of the year. Um, and we're very keen not to just tell people, yes, do service accommodation, you're going to make a lot of money because it just simply isn't true. Um, but if anybody wants to do serviced accommodation, and as David said at the beginning, like with hotels, hotels don't just sell beds hotels sold beds they'd be bust so why do service accommodation providers think that they can just sell beds yet you have to do something else we we've built a cleaning company we're we're considering franchising that Um, we're certainly um, we've already started teaching our masterminders how to build a cleaning company to support not only their own business but to get external work in external income something that's going to be less seasonal than the service accommodation is so definitely keep an eye out for us. We, we are invited to other people's events. We do our own events and we're planning on doing an awful lot more in that area because now that we have got a great team of people doing most of the work for us, we are actually able now to, I think, really sort of enjoy the fruits of our hard work.
3: Hopefully, yeah, yeah and, and, and start getting out a little bit more. And yeah. We, we haven't done any mentoring now for a, for a couple of years to concentrate on the business. We've just started to dip ourselves back in the water <laughs> again. So, yeah, enjoying speaking and getting out and about. And the kids are getting older and they can look after the animals. So, yeah, we've got a bit of freedom Yeah, at last. It's a bit easier. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and as
2: everybody said, well, it's really funny, you know, um, I've been to a few events now and people come up to me and say, oh my God, you're actually really nice. <laughs> I don't know how to tell
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> how we say that? Well, look, guys, you know, been, we were, we'd initially intended, you know, the the podcast to be about sort of 45 minutes or so. Been about an hour and 20 so it just goes to show yeah. how much you know information we capture in these so it's been it's been amazing yeah. you know catching up with people wow. and i think you're doing brilliant things with the business we 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 look on with admiration all the time um and let's not leave it another 18 months or so so thank you for your time today from me and you, uh, and all, all of our listeners to Your Property Podcast, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Lovely. Thanks,
2: guys. Thanks, guys.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can go to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash stuff. You can download the article that we create from the podcast so you can see all of the case study pictures, all the uh, financials, um, and a bit more information uh, in there as well. And there's loads of other useful things to download uh, on that webpage as well.
1: And don't forget to rate, comment and subscribe to our podcast.